the fucking intro. This is Dustin. And this is Eric. And this is SLC Punkcast. Thank you for joining us for episode 204. And as you've noticed in the last few, guess what? We have an interview on this episode. First in the style of interview that we will be doing in the sense that we have two bands that we're interviewing at the same time because they just released a split together. Pretty awesome. Yeah, it's us uh, not exactly uh, going for broke, but taking advantage of such a unique situation. Right? Right. Because in most cases, it would be really weird if we just went and got two bands together just say, hey, you and you bands, jump on the show and we'll do an interview. That would be weird. But in this sense, it makes sense. <laughs> yeah. I know. Such a... I mean, when bands do split EPs together, do little split albums together, and if they want promo for it, yeah, we got to get both sides of their story. Absolutely. And it worked out great in this case, so stay tuned for later in the show when... We do get to that. But before we get there, we're going to be playing some other music. We're going to be playing some new stuff, some older stuff. So let's jump into some new stuff. The new stuff that has come out recently, Nervous SS and Rat Cage. Speaking of splits, they put out the split Scopi versus Sheffield. And I'll be playing Nervous SS here coming up before too long when I uh, over on Punkadoy Worldwide. I'll be playing some Eastern European uh, bands all in the same episode and Scopi is in Macedonia, so that they will be on that episode. Rat Cage being from Sheffield, so somewhere quite a ways down the line, I'll be getting to more UK bands over there. So we'll be playing that as well. Uh, stay tuned for uh, episode in a couple weeks. There'll be more from this band, Total Massacre. Pick Your Poison single came out on the 16th. Uh, on the 17th, Jess E. Los Extenders put out Madrid Mierda Extenders Roll. That's on Tough Ain't Enough Records, and also on the same day from Tough Ain't Enough Records, Hard and Cheap put out Hard Tunes for Cheap Lives. Uh, both really good. I was just listening to both of those this morning. Slander Tongue put out Ride EP. Safety put out Greetings from the Sunshine State EP. Uh, I believe we played one of those uh, the single like many months ago because uh, they released that single early, but now the EP is out. Show Me the Body would put, uh, put out Survive this past Friday on the 19th. Wargraves also put out Grim Winter, which was two tracks on the 19th. Hell's Ditch put out The Scrape, which was a single. Uh, Authority Zero put out another new single. So they put out a single last month called Ollie Ollie Oxen Free, and that was in February. And now they just put out another single this past Friday called Fire Off Another, and they have a lyric video out for it. So if you're into Authority Zero, check them out. Uh, I was reading about that on uh, an information email I received. Didn't, didn't say anything about a new album. I assume a new album. I mean, back-to-back -back months, new singles, but, you know, sometimes some bands, that's just what they do. And they have a new guitar player because their previous guitar player... Dan, I forget Dan's first or last name. It was something that was like, okay, that's a strange together name. I forget. But anyway, I think he was going to go do like acting or something like that. And so, you know, parted on good terms, just had something else to do. And the other guys in Authority Zero picked up a new guitarist and now they got two new tracks. So, Ollie Ollie Oxen Free from February, Fire Off Another 
from this month, March 19th. We're going to jump ahead to March 26th. Space Cadet put out, or is going to be putting out Lion on a Leash. Kings Never Die. It's What We Live For EP. It's coming out on Upstate Records. I've already listened to the track uh, Pure Gold. It's good. I, I'd be vent- close to venturing to say, yep, that's probably going to be some pure gold right there. So if you like hardcore, go check out Kings Never Die this Friday. Kill the Con Man will be putting out Operation Just Cause. The Analogs will be putting out CHWDP. That is some word in Polish, I am sure, but I have no idea what it was. And I think I looked it up <laughs> last week and couldn't figure it out. But nonetheless, the Analogs are a great band from Poland. Check them out. That's on the 31st. Also on the 31st, uh, Punk and Disorderly Records will be putting out International Mayhem, which is a compilation. Fearless Veterans will be putting out FV, Fearless Veterans. FV is the name of the EP. Strength Through Oi, I've already heard that track. It's cool. It's coming out on Chrome Records. Over Bass should be putting out something. I didn't find the exact... Uh, release date yet, but I think it's supposed to be March of 2021, so Historius is the name of the release, and then early April, the Sams will be putting out Karma EP, Incisions will be putting out Bliss, uh, that's on the 2nd, and also on the 2nd, Left Alone is putting out Checkers and Plaid, and we've already played some tracks off of there, they released some of those as singles earlier on, and I'll also be playing another one of those that was released as a single, uh, The Darkness, over on a Nothing But Ska episode coming up over on Punkanoi Worldwide within the next two weeks. So go check out More Left Alone there. The new album is awesome. And it'll be out on the 2nd. Eric, anything you're looking forward to there or anything I missed? I know I missed last week the Show Me the Body, but I got it on there this week. Yes, you did. And that's uh, that was one I kept on my list, just to be uh, certain. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, once again... Uh, the new Total Massacre single. Been uh, jamming that quite a bit. And yeah, hopefully in the future we get to uh, discuss with them more. But that's a little hintity hint hint for you. Right. <laughs> and uh, and yeah, that's a yeah, that's a good one. The Show Me the Body one is a good one. And a couple I'm looking forward to. One is uh, there's no set release date for it, but Wrath of Gods has been uh, posting videos on their Instagram and kind of teasing the fact, well, they're showing the fact that they are in the studio, which is a tease for a new release. So I'm thinking another EP is in the works, a follow-up to their demo, which we played uh, sometime last year. Right. August. Yep. I think around, somewhere around August, right? That's when we did the interview. Yeah, I think so. And you played either... July. I think you played something in July, and then within a few weeks, we had him on the show, and then we played more. So I want to say it was like July and August of last year. So go check out those episodes. Yep. Wonderful band, wonderful musicians. And, yeah, just keep an eye out. If you are indeed following them, then, uh, it, like I am, then hopefully there will be more announcements to come from them. Um also, the band Extinguish from uh, California, they don't specify what part of California, just West Coast, pretty right. much. Uh, they are, they have come out with a, a new single, a couple of new singles, one of which I'll be playing on the show today. Uh, but just, uh, just a few days ago on the, God damn, the 21st, they released another single called Blood Runs Cold. And I went and listened to it on their Bandcamp, and they are indeed, they are indeed teasing their couple of singles for an EP slated to be released uh, later in April, April twenty third. So, awesome. That's a 
Yep, it's a bit down the line, but for now we do have a couple of singles. One is the uh, the aforementioned "Blood Runs Cold," and one is the older single that came out on the twenty first, just a again, just a few days ago. Whoops, I think I put that in the wrong category. This didn't come out on the twenty first. It came out earlier. I don't know what exactly the date was, but it was called "Unconquered." Okay. Yep. Yep. That's what we're playing and uh, good stuff. Uh, one thing I'm going to interject real quick before Eric gets on. We have a discussion with the uh, Hans Gruber and the Diehards and Sergeant Skag, and this is one of those names that you, we, you, you know, I couldn't come up with an example. Well, as Eric pointed out, California, there's very little. I couldn't even find their social medias because the name Extinguish is too close to so many other things that have social media pages and shit, and I couldn't figure it out. So at the end of the show, when I talk about bands and where you can find the bands and such, I have nothing for Extinguish other than their Bandcamp page. So I don't know if you found anything, Eric, but I could not because everything just kept coming up because it's too... I don't want to call it a generic name because I'm not trying to bash anybody's band name. It's just when you have a name that is close enough to so many other things, it doesn't... It makes it more difficult to find. So maybe they just don't have any social medias, and so it wouldn't be that difficult to look well, up. But you would, I well, would think they'd have camp, one. Yeah, on their Bandcamp, they say they have a Twitter. Oh, but okay. I haven't been, I haven't been able to check it out because uh, I know I still have a Twitter account. I just never use it. I haven't used it. The only reason I had it was because it was. Uh, it was required for a certain class I was taking back at the University of Utah. Right. And, and yeah, I only had it for that reason. I have not since logged back into it, but I don't know. I feel like I should be able to access it, even though I'm not logged in, because, I don't know, most Twitter accounts are public anyway. Right. Yeah, you probably could. Uh, I think Twitter's pretty useless. I've abandoned using it whatsoever uh the other mediums are are i think better and i i'm with you boo on twitter anyway back yeah, to your track your extinguish <laughs> <laughs> yes the track extinct from extinguish unconquered it's got a very 90s beat down vibe a lot of hate breed worship and man it is powerful that seems to be uh that seems to be a lot of hardcore music that is rising up from the east coast as of late because I don't know. You look at bands like uh, a band like Terror has been increasingly influential to a bunch of hardcore bands that came out within the last decade and uh, last decade and a half, really, because they were reigning supreme throughout the 2000s. And of course, Terror was one of those uh, common denominators for anyone looking to start a band of similar output. And and yeah, that's kind of the basis of all hardcore. Ever since its foundation in the late 70s, so many hardcore bands uh, sounded alike because they were like, yep, this, is, this affiliates to me. This is what I relate to. I'm going to do something similar. So yeah, and not to dog on any of them. The, they do have their own personality. They have their own output. They have really their own thing going on. And I feel like Extinguish is uh, going in the right direction with this thing. So yeah, the couple of tracks that I have been able to hear, I hope to get more from them. And but yeah, like a, like a Dustin pointed out, they don't really have a lot of uh, social media interaction, mostly because the social media uh, totalitarian regime is just cracking down on what names you can and can't use. Right. People, people are just stupid. 
Absolutely. That's fucking stupid. Anyway, but <laughs> Bandcamp doesn't give a shit. They're like, name your band anything. We will let it, we will let it slide. And extinguish. I don't know. The first thing that comes to mind is a fucking fire extinguisher that's putting out a fire or whatever. <laughs> I'm sure that's not the I'm sure that's not the influence for the name, but you know, is anything that just goes to show that even now you can still be an edgy hardcore band with an edgy name. Right. And a parad- the paradigm has just shifted, you know? So there's still a there's still rebellion in that. Anyway, before I go on a little bit more, let's listen to Unconquered from Extinguish, the newest, one of the newest from LA Hardcore or California Hardcore. <laughs> I'm assuming LA sometimes. <laughs> copy because Backseat Mafia has the ends on music yet to be released awesome. for, for review, for critique. So I have it in my possession as a digital format and yeah, I'm working on the review as we speak. So keep an eye out for that in the, in the next month when the album gets released along with the reviews. Excellent. Good so, stuff. Yeah, be on the lookout. Definitely. 
yep. and uh and yeah go check out their band camp check out and there is a link to their twitter so if for some reason you have a twitter or for some reason you can access it uh check it check it out they do update quite a bit on there as i assume that's the only way they can update could be could be check yeah. them out there uh again find it on the band camp good stuff there another band who's on band camp is this band gum bleed they are from beijing china uh, first time playing them on SLC Punkcast, but I did play them on an episode featuring all bands from China. I did uh, back somewhere around Christmas or so. Uh, great stuff. A lot of cool bands that come out of China. Well, this one is a great one, too. Gum Bleed. They put out a new album called Punks Save the Human Race, and it's Punks, P-U-N-X. They just put it out March 8th of 2021. Uh, it's good stuff. I wanted to play it here. I think this is a, a cool track, cool message. The band, again, from Beijing, China. We don't play too many bands from China. Uh, just th- There are some very good ones, in my opinion, just not that many that I know of. And so always happy to get to play more when we come across some good ones. They started as a band in 2006, so 15 years as a band. Congratulations to them. Still going. Seeing how that release was just about three weeks ago. Let's get into the title track. That's what we're going to listen to here. Punks save the human race. And maybe that's who needs to do it. So uh, let's listen and let's get ready to do so.
was Gumbleed out of Beijing, China. It's time for the punks to save the human race, Eric. Yeah, we've been trying. <laughs> <laughs> we've been trying. Well, most of it, most of it, we've been succeeding. I mean, we're still here, ain't we? Yeah, so far so good. Regardless to uh, to what the message tries to get pushed, yeah, so far so good. Oh yeah, I mean, so much so that alternative culture has infiltrated the mainstream once again, most like it has in the uh, '90s. Just through, though the line is a bit faded between the likes of uh, Billie Eilish and Post Malone, who more or less kind of adopt the the image and the attitude behind it, but not necessarily the music. Right. Uh, Though the music is different from uh, pop culture of the last uh, 10 years. May not be my thing, may not be your thing, but still a thing. (laughs) (laughs) That is true. All right, well, good stuff there. Check them out. They're out of Beijing. Let's do one more new one. Uh, The band is called The Foot Uppers. They are out of Ohio. They put out Kicking Our Own Asses. That's an EP. What do you expect? Bands called Foot Uppers and Kicking Our Own Asses. Where do you think that foot's going? Foot Uppers. All right. I think it's going to be uh, Up the Shoot. Yes. <laughs> All right. They released that EP February 22nd of this year. New stuff. Let's check out the track Regurgitating Nation. Check them out. Foot Uppers. <laughs> Nation, nation, that was the foot wow. uppers. <laughs> that's some uh, that's some hard shit right there. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. Uh, great stuff. Uh, I like them. Check them out. That EP is good. They are out of Ohio. Good stuff coming out of there. Some good stuff. Good mis- 
been a lot of good mis- Midwestern hardcore and punk rock coming out of there. I agree. It is good. It is good. All right, Eric. We both have some short songs for the older, lesser known. We're going to get right into those. But before we do, here's a message brought to you by guys that we're interviewing today, or at least part of them. Hi, this is Steve from Sergeant Skag, and you are checking out the SLC Punk Cast. Yes, that is awesome. I feel like I should play that like after every song. Maybe I won't, but I just feel like I should. <laughs> That'd be pretty funny. <laughs> Kind of like how those uh, those uh, take action uh, compilations that were uh, I don't know, kind of a uh, spinoff of all the of all the Warp Tour compilations, but it was focused more on like uh, alternative rock and uh, pop punk and a lot of uh, metalcore as well. They always had an introduction like that with one of the members of one of the bigger bands just giving a bit of a goofy introduction. (laughs) One was of uh, Andy Williams from the band Every Time I Die. He just has this low bass drawl and he just has a crescendo on it like... (laughs) That's the intro. It's like, this is Andy Williams from Every Time I Die and you're listening to the Take Action Comp Volume 7 or something like that. (laughs) That's awesome. Well, yeah. I appreciate Steve creating that for us. And yes, you are listening to SLC Punkcast. And yes, you will be listening to some of the band members from Hans Gruber and the Diehards and some of the band members from Sergeant Skag here coming up. But before we get there, we still have more music to play. Eric, let's do some older, lesser known. What do you got? Well, I definitely have older, and it's definitely quite lesser known. <laughs> the band is called Last Target. They are a band who... Uh, uh, who's come out of Japan. I'm unaware of which city or which part, but I'd wager to say that it is Tokyo because they do have an album called Tokyo Shakedown. Okay. So it could be just a reference to the city, whether or not they inhabit it. So, so yeah, I don't know, but they definitely are from Japan. Awesome. And, and yeah, last target it's, it actually is kind of started as a bit of a side band for their, uh, uh, for their lead vocalist, uh, Ryoku. And who was from another band called Thug Murder, which was apparently more well known. The fact that I know that that I kind of uh, lean towards that is that Last Target doesn't really have a lot of uh, press or a lot of uh, I don't know a lot of places on which to reach them. They don't have any social media because I don't know they're not a band anymore. So why would they? Right. But Thug Murder has its own Wikipedia page. So. That's a new uh, that's a new realm for me to check out. There you go. Uh, but yeah. But anyway, yeah, it's a yeah, the female vocalist formerly of Thug Murder just uh, went into Last Target forming a lot of uh, oi infused street punk. And it came out on this uh, one album that was introduced to one shot, one kill. The only way you can stream it is on YouTube, pretty much. <laughs> Unless you uh, buy it from Discogs or Amazon Music or wherever. But anyway, I listened to it and it's like, this is very decent street punk that's coming out from our neighbors of the east. Or if you go more far west, there are neighbors to the west. Right. Depending on how you look at the world. But yeah, Japan has uh, given us a lot of great punk rock bands. They got a really crazy uh, punk rock scene over there. Most of it involved in uh, street punk. 
Okay, last target, One Shot, One Kill. I listened to that album quite a few times, and probably the standout of which was, you know, even a even a title that has been thrown around quite a bit through every subgenre of punk rock. My life, my way. Yeah, we kind of get that, but but yeah, it's uh, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, and that's the thing that isn't broke right now. <laughs> So yeah, from their album "One Shot, One Kill" came out in two came out all the way in two thousand four. Hit a, hit the streets of America in two thousand five, and I found but one review on uh, punknews.com from a re- from all the way back in uh, two thousand seven. Wow! So yeah, that's how uh, underground this band is. It was kind of like a come and go sort of thing, and they have since been uh, and they formed in 03 and have since been apart, split up since two thousand seven. So we only have a few select uh, songs of which we can listen. So let's go ahead and get started with that. My Life, My Way from Last Target. My life, my way. What the fuck do you fucking got? What the fuck do you read my? Remember Johnny Jackets? Remember Johnny Trenches? I know my man. It's just a justice. Why want to show down? What just want you? Why know my man? It's just a justice. Great stuff there out of Japan. Oh, yeah. I think uh, one of the reasons why My Life, My Way is such a common song title is uh, you heard how catchy it is. My life, my way. Even when they're just semi-singing it. My life, my way. Right? Yeah. I my. mean, it's a, that's why it's such a, uh, such a large slogan and it just goes throughout the scenes. It's, right. It's easy to say, just four words, one of them repeats, and yeah, it gets the message straightforward. Absolutely. So yeah, so, yeah that's a last target. Uh, and also, yeah, and also I'm gonna t- I'm gonna keep a uh, thug murder on the back burner to and to check those guys out. Uh, those apparently are in consists of an all-female punk rock band, and they've awesome. been a, they've been around quite a few times, having toured with uh, uh, the casualties, the unseen, and dropkick murphys of all bands. Awesome. Yeah, so so yeah, I hope that yeah, they are older. They're from like the late 90s, early uh, 2000s. So let's, we will see what those guys have to entail, but for now we'll just have to sit on Last Target. There's some good stuff in there. Yes, we will. Band I picked is not from Japan. They're from the east coast of this continent, not the east coast of the Asia continent. So, <laughs> from New Jersey, Beachwood, New Jersey, the band Executors. 
I was listening to them on Spotify, and the track I wanted to play, I realized that I already played, uh, I think maybe over on Punkin' Worldwide, I forget. So I went through, they have a lot of releases. They've been a band since 2013, but there's a lot to choose from. And I settled on a release called Trapped Inside the Outside World that they released May 24th of 2018. So it's only a couple years old. Not nearly as old as what Eric picked, but maybe it's a band <laughs> that you might not be familiar with. Uh, Male Patterns, they did a split with them. I think it was at some point during this past year. And it was a good split. And, you know, just go check out their other tracks. It's a good band. We're going to play a track off of Trapped Inside the Outside World uh, from Executors. The track is called Free Inside. It's also a shorter one. Eric's pick was 117. This one tops it as far as length goes at 123. Just a little bit longer, only six seconds. <laughs> all right all right you think you can uh do that just because you're uh so far west well from japan the east coast is really the west to them <laughs> yeah, you got it that is exactly right here is free inside this is the executors there's a world in there i'm free That's executors. All right. That is some good stuff. Even right? if it is two seconds longer. <laughs> <laughs> Check them out. Executors, great band out of Beachwood, New Jersey. Like I said, they've got a lot of releases. There's a lot of music. If this is a band you're not familiar with, there's going to be a lot for you to check out. So get out there and check out Executors. That release was Trapped Inside the Outside World. They have a split that came out more recent, and I think they even have a full length that's come out since then. Plus, they have several releases that came out before that. So go check them out. A lot of stuff to check out from that band. And I said I probably wouldn't do this, but I, I changed my mind. I'm going to have some fun. Hi, this is Steve from Sergeant Skag, and you are checking out the SLC Punk Cast. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Eric, let's jump into I think you're playing it because you just really love his voice. <laughs> yes, that's what it is. I, I can't wait. And guess what, everybody? You're going to get more of it here in a moment. But before we do that, Eric's got a great cover-to-cover -cover album he's going to talk about, and we're going to play a couple tracks from it before we get there. All right. I guess uh, I guess there's no use uh, beating around that bush anymore. So, yeah, the album that I chose was an album from the band called Tartar Control. 
or Tartar Control, however you want to pronounce it. <laughs> right. And yeah, they have an album called We Forgive You. They only have two albums out, one of which is, uh, ah, man, I forgot the name of the album. God is cool or something like that. Or God is rad. Something, nice. something along those lines. It has the word God in the title. So, so yeah, this is a band and it really kind of depends on which narrative you're following to see where they're from. Technically, they are from Los Angeles, but they claim to be from Salt Lake City, Utah. Okay. And the band consists of three people, well, three members, one of which is called Robert, another is called Sean, and their drummer is called Robot, who happens to be a robot. Nice. So, so the you know. Album I'm looking it up. Uh, Holy crap is the name of the other album that that came out before this album. Okay, so that was a Freudian slip. <laughs> they but actually the have idea. a song on there called Salt Lake. Yep, of course they do. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, what this band is, what this album is, it follows the narrative of two Mormon missionaries with their sidekick robot roaming around on their mission in probably the dingiest parts of Los Angeles, including South Central and Compton and Venice Beach. And they're just these two little honkies from Salt Lake City, Utah, dressed up like a regular missionary. And they are going around trying to get people to pray. They are seeing how people are struggling at, of one of all places, the DMV. So they try, and that's one of the things. They have a, uh, of the narrative, it's a, it's broken apart in little uh, little spoken word segments to kind of uh, push the story along and introduce the uh, and introduce the following song. So basically, it's uh, the best way I could describe it is like a, a Trey Parker and Matt Stone's "The Book of Mormon." Okay. Had had the music been written by the Vandals? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's it's like that. And they even uh, note the Vandals as one of their direct inspirations. But yeah, it's really, it is just ridiculous. And it's really funny. Just the, just mixing in the uh, satire of Mormon culture and how, and how, yes, while their intentions are good, they are relatively pleasant to be around. Just the just total, straightforward, goody-two-shoes, nice guys. But their robot just kind of is the, the direct opposite of that. He is just infiltrated in the culture. At one part in this album, he becomes like a DJ at a strip club. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing. The guys are the actual missionaries. They are none the wiser. They go there because one of the guys, it's his birthday. So they go in, they're like... We want a we want a sweet meaty pizza pie. Oh the pe oh yeah the meat pie is on special today. Let's get you a lap dance. Oh wait no I don't want a lap dance. <laughs> Just send over the waitress. They send over a stripper. <laughs> so of course the fact that they are just playing those characters just makes for a really a really hilarious concept. But but yeah the best way that I can. Uh, best way that I can, that's the best way I could describe this but the music describes itself even within the song titles the first of which that I want to show is my god's cock <laughs> my god's cock you can kind of guess what that's going to be about but 
I don't want to give anything away. I just urge everyone, listen to these lyrics. They are very hard. They're not so hard to follow. They they go back and forth to these uh, screaming hardcore vocals to like very, uh, very kind of soft poppy vocals. Kind of like in the same vein as uh, airs or direct hit. Okay. But yeah, but these guys, uh, I don't know if they if they came first or anything, but it doesn't matter. It's within that same realm of when uh, har- melodic hardcore was going in that direction. And Turtle Control took it in a very humorous direction. So let's go ahead and listen to My God's Cock. <laughs> to a uh, dick measuring contest between their deities right like yeah yeah it's like my god's better than yours my god's cock is bigger than yours <laughs> <laughs> so yeah like i said much of the same bait as uh, the humor received in book of mormon and of course south park you know right. they present really you know, they touch on really important and giant issues 
in that style of lowbrow, ridiculous humor. <laughs> and that's where the Vandals influence comes in, you know? Or yep. the no effects or anything like that. It's the it's all coming from the same all coming from the same cloth. And so yeah, anyway, it's not an with this one, we forgive you. It's not exactly too uh it doesn't go infiltrate itself too much in religious influence. Sometimes there are a lot of uh, really pointless songs. One, as their band name would suggest, is about brushing their teeth. Another is uh, talking about how guys who look so tough have their soft side to it. It's like, I'm going to go lift weights before I crochet. <laughs> something like that. There's even one where it's just them going on a log ride. What does that have to do with the story? Nothing. That's just little side quests. <laughs> <laughs> but my favorite of which is uh, the lead-in song, uh, you know, the little uh, spoken word intro. It's them on a, at the Natural History Museum, and the tour guide is coming through. He's just spouting off about a bunch of uh, rudimentary physics of uh, the prehistoric lifestyle and where fossils come from. But one of the missionaries, he uh, interrupts, a, and he's saying, I'm sorry to interrupt, but everything you're saying is wrong. And he goes on to say, like, how can dinosaurs have lived 50 million, 65 million years ago when the Earth is only 6,000 years old? What? <laughs> <laughs> but we are, but we are holding in the fact that they probably came from space and that if humans and dinosaurs coexisted, why were there, why didn't we see any uh, cowboys riding dinosaurs in the old West? <laughs> <laughs> And it's just, it's really dumb. It's really dumb, but it makes for a really hilarious song. And that's the lead into probably one of my favorite songs from this one, Dino Riders. Just because of how outlandish it is, how it's such a dumb idea, but they take it to its fullest extent in this song. <laughs> so, so yeah, once again, I'm going to let the song speak for itself. Sit back, relax, and laugh your ass off. This is Dino Riders. <laughs> Over the land, 
punk rock tartar control that's a wonderful place to start <laughs> you want to hear how two mormons make a hardcore band with a robot drummer yeah in the middle of uh, their mission to los angeles yeah it's it makes for some interesting commentary and a lot of fun music uh, yeah i bet <laughs> oh yeah there's tartar control um as far as i know they only have these uh, two albums out which uh which bums me out because I want to hear more from them. Oh no, where else they're taking it? But I don't know whether or not they uh, still exist as a band. So I don't know. We'll have to see. We'll have to wait and see. Right. <laughs> well, check them out. Now we've arrived yeah. at the point where we're going to be doing an interview, but let's play some music before. That's how we usually do. Uh, we're going to play. There's a split. So the bands that we're going to be interviewing, if you didn't pay attention earlier, it's Hans Gruber and the Diehards and Sergeant Skag, a.k.a. Sergeant Skag Nieti. Right? Did I do that right? Uh, Sergeant Skag Nieti. Yeah. There you go. That's how I pronounce it. <laughs> <laughs> they released a split together. Awesome split. Two tracks from Hans Gruber, one from Sergeant Skag. We're going to listen to one of those tracks from Hans Gruber and the Diehards right now. Right after, we're going to listen to... The interviewer, that is. We're going to listen to the track from Sergeant Skag. So before we get there, oh, by the way, this release came out March 5th of 2021. So just a couple weeks ago. And the band Hans Gruber and the Diehards, they're from Austin, Texas. Sergeant Skag, they are from New Haven area of Connecticut. The band's a little spread around New Haven, but we're going to go with New Haven. And great stuff. Great release. The artwork that goes with both bands the t-shirts the album cover and all that all great so i definitely recommend checking it out we'll talk more about that in the interview and after the interview as well so let's listen to a track from hans gruber and the diehards it is called you were being watched Down. That's no way 
was a lovely track from Hans Gruber and the Die Hards. And we happen to have them um, in the room with us right now. Well, not in the room, in the Zoom. Yes. How's it going, fellas? <laughs> Good. Good. Howdy, howdy. And then also, after the interview, we'll be playing the track from Sergeant Skag. And we have them in the Zoom as well. Yes, oh. that's right. We're in the up, Zoom. Hey, Thanks for having us, man. Absolutely. We're in the Zoom with the Sarge, the Hans, and the Diehards. Yeah. By the way, I love the wordplay with Hans Gruber and the Diehards. Fantastic name. Thank you. Yeah, that was actually our was uh, Hans. That was our guitar player. His name is Hans. He's on the call? Yeah, I'm right here. Oh, no, shit. <laughs> My name's <laughs> Hans. <laughs> Zoom on the phone. It's awesome. <laughs> is there anything specific about Skagnetti and the Sergeant Skagnetti? Because it just feels like that came from like an 80s movie or TV show, but I, I couldn't find the reference if there is one. It did, and we could talk so long about the name because nobody likes it that's in the band. It was a, uh, a Quentin Tarantino movie reference. I believe there's, there's two separate characters. One is referenced in Pulp Fiction and I think one in Reservoir Dogs. I don't remember. I haven't seen any of those movies in a very long time, but it's, uh, he's like a crooked, uh, he's a crooked cop in one, right? And then he's like, he's a messed up parole officer or something in the other. It's actually, from what I understand, I wasn't in the band at the time, but it's just a quick anecdote. Like, I guess the guys were at a show when they were thinking about forming the band and, and Sergeant Scagnetti was one of, you know, you know how you name a band. Right. Unless you got a guy named Hans. You got to think of a damn band name, <laughs> you know? So they had, they had a short list of five or six names and they were at a, at a show, a toaster show back when, when Cooley ranks was in the toasters. And I think they were chatting it up with Cooley and talking about the bands. And they mentioned a couple of the band options and Sergeant Scagnetti stuck with Cooley. So I think he shouted him out from stage like, hey, you know, look out for this new band coming on the scene soon, Sergeant Scagnetti. And they were like, well, I guess that's got to be our name. Because, you know, when you're like 17 years old, you're like, well, you know, Cooley just said it. So everybody knows us now. That makes <laughs> and, sense. Uh, that's, that's the name of the band. And uh, yeah, our, our bass player, who I think was in the band at the time, really, really just wishes it was something else. But it is what it is, man. Sergeant Skag, Sergeant Scagnetti. It is familiar. Because again, you know, now that you say that, that's probably why it is familiar. But like you, I haven't seen those movies in a long time. It's probably been 20 years since yeah. I've seen Pulp Fiction and, and I watched Reservoir Dogs back in the 90s for sure. Yeah, <laughs> and then in classic Sergeant Scagnetti fashion, it always gets spelled as S-K-A because why <laughs> wouldn't it? But technically, right. that's not the proper Italian spelling of Scagnetti. So we just make our lives difficult. Fair every, enough. Every waking facet. If yeah. it was S-K-A... People would probably assume it had something to do with ska, skagnetti, skognetti. Maybe it'd be called skognetti. Then why would we want that? Right? <laughs> if you want to get really technical with it, it would be skagnetti. There you go. Because <laughs> hey. yeah, the G and right next to each other, it always makes the yeah sound. You're correct. Yeah, it is great pronunciation. There you go, skagnetti. That's my Italian heritage looming its uh, ugly head. <laughs> uh, I'm going to tell Richie that at practice just to make him mad. <laughs> Hans Gruber, do you guys do you guys ever get in trouble for your name? Do you get any like have you ever gotten any like like cease and desist stuff from uh, Bruce Willis or anything? Like does that come up? I do you get like don't YouTube? Have, I think that there was 
one time that someone asked if we were super right wing because it had a vaguely German sounding thing. And then we had to explain. Uh, have you seen Die Hard? Well, have you seen Die Hard? Do you know right. Jim And that's the only time. That's, that's only once. And it's like. But if you go on Spotify, some of our highest listens are actually Germany. So and I don't know if it has to do with the name, but I'm curious. And you know what's really ironic about it is that Hans, I don't think you're German at all, but your name is Hans. Maybe you're some German. You're Norwegian. Kurt has a German name, Kurt. Yeah. But he's not German at all. No. But I'm the German one. I'm German. I'm like I'm like Pennsylvania Dutch. So that's kind of I don't know. It's kind of. Yeah. But <laughs> as far as the name though, sorry, I think Kirk didn't realize Hans was on the thing. But um, Hans is the one who came up with the name of the band. So I don't know if that and I don't know Hans if you want to speak to that. Yeah. Mostly, I just want to make sure that everyone's very clear that I have no German blood in me at all. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> make that let's let's make that clear. Yeah. <laughs> A lot, of, a lot of Norwegian blood, I guess, and some others. But, um, yeah. What was the question about the name? Yeah, when, how'd you come up with it? Because you came up with it. I was just in the practice room with you, and you suggested it. I don't know. We were just kind of, like, bouncing around uh, name ideas. It's not really, like, a good story, I guess. But, like, I know we, we had been kind of putting it off for a while, and then, like, we were at my apartment and I think TJ was gone for like a couple months and somehow, yeah, I don't know. We were like saying a bunch. And then when we said that one, I remember everyone kind of just being like, you know what? That actually could kind of work. That's pretty funny. So it's great. I, I swear, and maybe I'm wrong, but I swear you saying something more along the lines of, well, you know, no one's ever taken it, but I've always kind of wanted to be called Hans Gruber and the diehards. And like, maybe, maybe it wasn't because you were vain, but like, maybe a little bit. Like, maybe there was a small part of you that's like, I want the band to be named after me, but not let anyone know. Yeah, I don't remember it like that, but that's a fun story. So let's just go with that. Either way, it is a great name. I've seen all the Die Hard movies, and, you know, I'm sure as most people, if they've seen any of them, caught on to the name reference there really, you know, pretty quick. It's a great name. Both names are great names. Well, that's good. Yeah. That we get considered great for something. <laughs> right. Because everybody it's in our down, band, It's all downhill after that. It's all downhill. I love the name of your band. That's the name. That's it. That's why, we, that's why we got knocked up by these guys. Good name. Good name. Made a baby. Good name. Absolutely. Saw each other from a... And when people aren't familiar with your band... Uh, you want to have a, a band name that will catch somebody's attention. You know, if it's sure. something that's going to be used by wh whomever, I don't have a good example offhand, but there's plenty of bands out there that, you know, I've had to look up and then you have to distinguish, all right, is it the metal band? Is it the ska band? Is it the folk band? No, no, you know, because there's like 20 bands with either the, that name or something so similar. But neither of your band names have that issue. It, nice and easy. You know, you look for that band name and you're only going to get your bands. There was a band called Sergeant Scagnetti from Atlanta, Georgia in the in the late 90s when we did some touring down there. Wow. And uh, I think I think we actually got booked in a club because they thought we were them <laughs> uh, in, in Atlanta. Um, See, the name it worked out when we got there. Yeah, but we survived longer than them, I think, unless they're still going too, and we just don't know about it. We, we beat them. Right. I'm, if so, I've, n I've never heard of them, and I don't know what type of music they do. 
Yeah, don't expect uh, that band to file suit against uh, infringement or anything. You, you never know, do. man. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> it's like that one, and then uh, Bruce Willis comes and files suits for uh, for infringement on the name, and then it's just poof. There you go. That's how you get famous. <laughs> Absolutely, one way to do it. We we talk we talk a lot about uh, potential lawsuits that we could we could bring from our like through our songs. And whether or not that would be like more good press than bad press if we, if it went the right way. <laughs> it's a very Elon Musk thing to do lately. <laughs> you know, do something crazy like he just did, like renamed his title at the company just to hide all this other junk they got going on. Like, you know, cars, like the self-driving cars, killing people and stuff. Oh, yeah. But everybody only cares about his little techno title. He's brilliant. I mean, he's insane, but he's brilliant when he does stuff like that. You're right. like, wow, you're really hiding the dead bodies over here and telling everybody to look the other way. Is there a hot Tell car Mike. by the Tesla factory? I don't know. Is that a good I lived in Arkansas for a while. Yeah, he's coming down there, huh? Yeah, I think so. We've That's what we've heard. And we have some people that we know that have, like, property near it. And, that, you know, there's been whispers. So, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, Elon's there. He's coming. Rogan's there. Alex Jones is there. You got a party. It's <laughs> a great place. I might come down there. Who knows? <laughs> You're welcome. Sounds Go. like a party that will that will easily yeah, turn into a riot. <laughs> hey, that's a party, man. That's for sure. That's yeah, true. The line sometimes you might want to just you might just want to sit back and watch it. You know? Yeah. Or you Bring may want to chair, crack a yeah, beer, exactly. and. Right. Here we go. <laughs> Great time. As long You're as I'm not show. in it or getting affected by it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. So, so let's, now that we got the names out of the way. <laughs> right. We covered that. So you guys, uh, not very near each other, bands anyway. So Sergeant Skag, you guys are from Connecticut. Hans Gruber and the Diehards, uh, you guys are from Texas. How'd you get together to put a, put a split out? How did we get together? So we, we know uh, Chris, uh, Hans Gruber's drummer, because Chris is actually from Connecticut. Okay. Uh, and grew up playing in, playing in some bands uh, and playing shows with us. And somehow we connected, I think, one of the times that uh, Hans Gruber was coming east. So quick, like Hans Gruber is a, is a touring band for like a living. Okay. This is what these guys do. They're out there doing the good work. Sergeant Scagnetti is not that. Sergeant Scagnetti <laughs> is, a, is a weekend show kind of kind of band. And so we were talking with Chris, when, I think when they were first coming, not when they were first, but one of the times they were coming out here, we tried to make a show happen. We couldn't make it happen. And the next time they were coming out, we helped them put together a show in both New York and Boston. So we played that show. We, I had, wasn't that familiar with them. I watched a few of the videos and I thought that they were really great. And I just knew that Chris was a good dude. And uh, we put together the shows and we, we fell in love with them. We were like, yeah. oh my God, these guys are, <laughs> these guys are just sure. really, really good. They're really good at playing shows. And I'm, I've matured in my life to where I can actually be friends with a band that's good, really good live <laughs> as opposed to fucking hating them like I used to. <laughs> and, uh, he's, he's so true right now. <laughs> this is amazing. And so it's, yeah, something's changed in me where I was like, oh, actually, like, this is good. Like, I want to stay connected with these guys. And so, yeah, we just, we, we became really friendly with them and, and we had a great weekend with them. And um, uh, eventually we were talking about putting out a song and, Quite frankly, we only had one song recorded that we had to put out, but we were like, man, we've got to put something out because it was the pandemic and, and whatnot, and there was nothing else for us to do. 
so just on a whim reached out to Chris and said, man, would you please guys, please put out a split with us. And, and we were happy enough that they said, yeah. And I think they had a couple really, songs maybe may lying around as well. So it was a good, uh, good partnership there. It was really like a weekend fling that turned into a baby. Yeah. <laughs> as, like as it, legit. Does. it was a great next weekend. And next thing you know, child support and yeah. we're, trying to figure out, hey, like, someone needs to take care of this. We're not making enough money over here. To get to your place for the summer. You know, I need to make well, your place Well, you're definitely supporting like our child. <laughs> you're definitely supporting our child. Hans Gruber's like the cool dad, you know? We're like the, we're like the stressed mom. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> you know? Yes, absolutely. That's so awesome. That's so spot on. <laughs> That's funny. So yeah, we made a baby, man. It's awesome. It's it's been it's been really fun. It's it's really been fun to just partner with these guys on stuff like this, right? Because it's like oh. you know just the promotion side of 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 this. They're better at that than than us, so they they helped catch us up a lot on things we should have been doing, uh, even as a as a weekend dad band. <laughs> so that was cool. You've lasted a long time though as a a weekend dad band. I don't know if the entirety of the your existence has been a weekend dad band, but uh, nonetheless, longevity <laughs> no. as a band. Yeah, we've um, you know that we've uh, we existed in the late '90s as a as a more as less of a dad band, more of a, a cool a cool dad band. And then we took about ten years off, and we did a, a few reunion shows here and there. But in like in 2018, we we got back together and said, "Hey, let's let's make all of our wives hate us <laughs> <laughs> and, and just God. do this shit with all of our spare time." You got to do something. That's why our that's why our drummer Dave has his wife in the band, so she can't hate him. <laughs> that it was, was a smart move. Yeah, so they can hate each move. other the same. Yeah, that's right. the move. <laughs> right. As long as you keep it even, doesn't matter. You guys did that Nobody's too, right? Hans Gruber, Kurt, you brought Rosie yeah. into the band, right? She wasn't wasn't in the band, right? No, I I actually joined a band first in Austin called Los Curados, and they were like mostly a cover band at the time, Mexican ska. And then I think me joining that band was like Kurt's fire under his ass to like start a band because we came here with the intent of doing music, but we didn't know what that looked like. We just sort of came here and mm. I got drunk at a show and joined a Mexican ska band. Yeah. And they're like, oh, that's, that's brilliant. Literally yeah. the story. But actually, if I may interject, yeah, one right. of my favorite stories about Hans Gruber is the reason why Rosie plays with us. When we started, we did almost purely just punk. punk we we didn't have a horn section we didn't have rosie play with us we just did punk and I, think I only played horn on two we played on on two, on two tracks on the album and only one of them was god the other track is like super like funk and then like yeah. punk. punk but but anyways what happened was there was a club called Deerland in austin that we had emailed when we started and had said, hey, we're like a punk, like, you know, kind of ska band. We, you know, we're looking for shows to play. And the club emailed us back and was like, we don't do ska. And we're or like, whoever works there. Whoever, no, I, judgment, I don't, I don't, no judgment, but whoever did it, did that. And then we emailed back. And we're like, well, we're not a ska band. Like, we're a punk band. We're saying we fit with ska. We kind of do that sometimes. And they're like, well, let's put it this way. We don't do mounts of upbeat guitars. And next thing you know, like, all of us, like all four of us, which, you know, me, Hans, CJ, and Chris, like, no, fuck these guys. If we play a show there, we're going to write so much fucking ska, and we're going to just <laughs> make them miserable. And so needless to say, someone else booked us at the show, and we, there was a sweetheart, and we wrote five fucking ska songs. We got, we got someone to fill it on bass, like I played trombone, just to spite this club. 
And then <laughs> And so after that we, be- cool. we became a punk ska band cuz like none of us disliked ska, but when we started that's not what we were trying to do, but you know, you challenge us once and apparently we're going to go all in. That's what we learned. Like <laughs> Well, you you asked why this 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 split works and you just got your answer. Right. They're just like us. Like they have the attitude like us. It's like if you're gonna if you're gonna mess with us, you know, we're coming to get you, or we might just mess with you first. Like specifically right. when we go to play shows in Jersey, we always bring up the pizza angle and they just they rage at us, they get mad, and then we win them over when we rock their rock their worlds. So <laughs> I think that's why this this seven inch works brilliantly. Yeah. To maybe speak a little bit to what Steve was saying is that because our drummer Chris, you know like knew them and Chris is I mean slightly younger but like loved Sergeant Skag when he was playing in shows up there and I think when he saw they were like kind of coming back from a bit of a hiatus he was just really excited and so I think it was a bit of Chris being like I love these guys I want to play with these guys and him kind of pushing us and and we're really grateful for that because it's been a really cool partnership yeah, so. man. yep Chris was like let grandpa come to the party <laughs> <laughs> he's fine <laughs> He won't do I anything mean, too crazy. Hans's grandpa. grandpa is the only grandpa, I think, that's actually been Shit. to one of our shows. No, so this is Hans's no joke. grandpa has some street cred. Hans's grandpa was in the fucking pit. Wow. Like, he yeah. Was standing there, he was standing there, but he was in it. That's legit. <laughs> nice. You can't do much better than that. Dude, he had like suspenders on and. Oh, the ironic suspenders. <laughs> Just to hold up his pants. <laughs> he's, got, like, the, he's got like the hat too. <laughs> <laughs> Kid, but he's just really old. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That, His like, grand Scott. <laughs> yes. And it was so hot. That show had, it was in Arkansas in like the middle of the summer. No, 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 no AC. AC. So his grandpa was pretty good sport. Yeah. Anyway, I think we've derailed you guys from your question. Sorry. I don't no, even know the question was. I'm just listening. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you're telling us stories, and that's really what we want out of an interview. <laughs> right. I feel like there's a song there called Grandpa's Legit in the Pit. <laughs> I <know>. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God, Hans. I mean, I've always, you know, thought we should cover my, I'm My Own Grandpa, but I guess that's better, too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm My Own Grandpa. Actually, it's funny, because uh, you're talking about fitting well with Sergeant Skag, and... When I first heard Cultivation, it was like, you know, it's an awesome song. I liked it a lot. But the story behind it that Steve told just blew me away. Because Hans Gruber, we kind of pride ourselves in writing these very obtuse, like... Overthinking. Overthinking. Like we, we're, supernatural. Supernatural. Magical, like we're, whatever. We're trying to tell these stories that are telling stories of the world, but they're slightly off kilter and then steve told the story of why cultivation exists and it was like well you know good god like i got you know we got showed up i had no idea until he told the story and i was impressed i want if you can tell it again steve like it's a story (laughs) worth telling again i love it sure thanks man yeah so yeah so cultivation is about uh so again we're a band from the 90s trying to find our way here in the early 2020s and uh some things are confusing to us and so one of the one of the things we realized really early on when we started playing shows again was that financially it's much harder to be a band uh in 2021 because people don't buy cds 
anymore. And when, when we were around, a lot of people bought CDs. Like you could sell almost everyone that liked you a CD for $10. Right. Just over and over again. And that created, that was a, that was a huge thing. So we, we sort of imagined a world where, um, where people could buy CDs again. And then we were also, my kids were younger. Well, they were younger yesterday than they are today. <laughs> but I was watching a lot of like, you know, children's shows, right? So, um, you know, Phineas and Ferb and whatnot. And there's a, a musician named Lori Berkner, and I'll be careful here because I got in trouble on the, la- on the last time I told the story. So I'll, I'll, be, I'll choose my words very carefully. And she's, she's super famous. If you have little kids, you'll, you'll run into Lori Berkner. And I watched a music video of hers, and I felt like I could tell that her heart wasn't in it singing for kids. Like, like she wanted to be doing something else. Like she wanted to be a real rock star, not, not a, a rock star for kids. So when we were a band that was doing, you know, pretty well. Like we, we basically had like, it was mostly like 15 year old kids that would come to our show. And we were like 20. That's like not too far off. So it was like, we should just probably be a kid's band. Like that's, that's our wheelhouse. The maturity level, the lyrics and stuff like is, is like 15 is like where it, where it really crescendos. And so these two song ideas kind of like, how do we get people to buy CDs? And then maybe we should just be a kid's band. And so the concept was, what if we started a cult where one piece of the cult was that there would be really any musician out there in the world that caters to children would be eliminated uh, so that we would be the only band that caters to children. And then the idea came, well, could we get parents of Sergeant Scagnetti, like people who were fans of us in the 90s who now have children to sell us their children, not for anything weird, just for the purposes of uh, time travel back to the 90s, where they would attend our shows in, in real time. They would buy CDs from us. They, of course, would be won over by our amazing performance and, and harmonies. And then they would grow up to also be Sergeant Scagnetti fans. They would make children of their own. We would also purchase those kids, put them in the time machine, connect them with the comet, back to the 90s, come to the show, buy the CDs, have the kids. Until, you know, you could go back to 1998 and we're, you know, we're packing large rooms, selling uh, lots of CDs to the, to the kids. <laughs> <laughs> it was as great the second time as it yeah, was the first was time. So that was great. Thank you. <laughs> so, yeah, that was the concept is, you know, just trying to move some units, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're right. I don't think people buy CDs as much back then. I was probably I'm probably your age, so a little more than 15. But yes, uh, still have a wall of CDs, and most of those uh, have you know probably purchased 10 or 15 in the last 10 or 15 years, but have hundreds from uh, you know about five or 10 years before that. That's why we had to make a deal with the Hans Gruber and make some vinyl, man. You gotta you gotta sell some product, right? You know, and back then never bought any vinyl. I didn't actually the first vinyl record I purchased about. I mean, how old am I now? Like 37, 36 or something like that. When I first started doing this show, a month, like three episodes in, the very first vinyl I bought was a split from Lion's Law and Stars and Stripes that I got directly from Lion's Law at Punk Rock Bowling. That was the very first vinyl, and now I've got, I don't know, a couple 200 or so records in the last few years. You dove back in. 
Yes. You're in. Yes, in. just that's big. Went yeah. went the different direction instead of the CDs because now you know when I get CDs, I usually give the CDs to other people. You know, I'll have the digital version that I can port around with me, but I will go buy the vinyl version. Uh, you, you know, just the larger artwork. Speaking of that, uh, I'll mention in a moment, but the artwork for you guys' splits fantastic. But uh, you know, the just the the actual merchandise. I mean, uh, on the CDs. There's a little bit something there, but they all basically look the same, sometimes a little more on the outside, you know, on the top. But on the records, I mean, just the colors alone, right? The variety of colors that they can come in, the the artwork, especially on a 12-inch, is almost poster-worthy, depending on how you want to display your records, as opposed to the CDs are you know, a, a sixth of, of the size. So for multiple reasons like that, and it just sounds great on the on the record i think punk and pretty much anything punk related all sounds great on vinyl as well just that that style of music sounds great on vinyl yeah it's actually kind of fascinating to look at how it's changed because yeah i i think i really started going to shows for me it would have been in high school so it would have been the early mid 2000s and yeah because vinyl was never around then. I never saw anyone selling that. And you would occasionally do CDs, but even at that time for me, like, you know, file sharing was very common, very popular. Like you were more interested in getting a t-shirt or something. And so it's so weird to enter the past in honestly 10 or 15 years when vinyl started kicking back in. That's what people bought. That's what people did. And I've seen also a lot of cassettes getting back in and people buying that. And it's, I mean, it's the idea is you can listen to your artist on your computer or your phone at any point in time. So if you're buying the album from them, it's because you want to have it sitting on your shelf somewhere. Right. You know, yeah, like a, like a trophy, like a hunting trophy. You went to the show and yes. shot, the thing, but now you got their album. It's fascinating to kind of look at how that's changed. Although that's, that said, uh, CDs still sell really well especially for how much they cost. There's no reason not to spend, you know, you can buy a hundred CDs for, I mean, you know, 30 bucks or so. And there's no reason not to keep selling them because people keep buying. And that's what's so weird. It's like people buy extinct formats and CDs are, if we're honest with ourselves, an extinct format, but people still buy them because people can still play them, you know, just like, Final and that I wonder if in 10 years CDs will have a renaissance like you know all this other stuff <laughs> why not I, I remember I remember my college professor uh I don't remember what the hell class it was but he I remember he was obsessed saying that uh because this when I was in college CDs were still you know selling pretty well this is right the, the early 2000s and he was saying just the technology the fact that CDs are a tactile object and they have to spin really fast that they were doomed because of that because there needed to be physical motion in order to happen and i was like well that's kind of you know records do the same thing but they're back in such a huge way like i i think i read right vinyls outsold uh cds the last couple years in a row which is amazing absolutely and i think it's just because people like touching shit like you had mentioned the art it allows us to to put put an actual package together yeah and sell it to people not just the song but like the idea of it right just like you said the, the colored vinyl there's so much you can do with it. It blows my mind that people are sending us money for this thing. They could just listen to it on Spotify. 
right? You know? <laughs> yeah. And we get a penny. We get a penny, and 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 Hans, uh, Kurt, and Rosie split a penny, and everybody's happy, right? Everybody wins. You, you gotta I thank mean, the you gotta thank the Brooklyn hipsters, man. Yeah. Right? Because like all those Brooklyn bands started up putting out vinyl. And then the the labels were like, oh wait a sec, we can sell products. There's there's actual products to sell. First story, boom. I heard about that. There's a band from Utah, and their name is failing right now, and I I don't know that they exist, but I think they I think they came out of like the 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 ashes of uh, Imagine Dragons or something. Oh. And they're a good band. What the hell's the name of them? But I I read an article that said that they they released their record only as a record with no digital. Uh, this was a few years back, and they were like, look if you. Like you said, if you want our song, you have to come to the show and you have to give us your money and you have to buy the record. That's the only way you're going to hear it. And I think it was like a, at that level was it was a huge success. And I remember thinking those guys are freaking smart. That's really cool. Oh, that's awesome. Well, I'm not gutsy, sure who the band is. It's but a that's, gutsy play. Right. I will, uh, I will figure it out. I'll figure out who they were. A few record labels right. have done the same thing, uh, but most of them are like Rebellion Records, Contra Records which sucks for us here in the United States, especially now that shipping costs as much as it does. But several of those releases, they will come out on vinyl and then they're on vinyl. And that's the only way you're going to hear it unless somebody throws it on YouTube for months uh, on end sometimes. And so something along those same lines, but yes, you know, for people like me, I'm a collector. You know, when I have your record, it's almost like a part of the band. You're, you know, when you, decide to commit to buying that as opposed to just listening to something on Spotify. It's because you want to share in what the band is doing. You know, I want to have my piece of the band, as it were, available, not just so I can hear it on my laptop or on my phone or wherever I might be traveling to, because unfortunately nobody that I know of is a record player in their car yet, so I can't listen to those on the go. But... (laughs) Nonetheless, it, you know, your little bit of collection uh, and then, you know, h- how you want to decorate or keep your space. You know, I have some several shelves, which I haven't put up, but I bought several shelves to display the records and then rotate through because so many, uh, so many of them have great artwork. I that, love shit like that. Right? I love it. Because it doesn't matter at all, but it gives you joy. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I mean? Absolutely. Like, I mean, there's no reason it. to do it. Except that it gives you joy. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I love it. It's, it's, it's I love great. things like that. And uh, s- sometimes tangible. When you go see a band, uh, like you said, if they went to Man, that show, they would get to take something with them. Not just the shirt, but uh, Eric's band put out tapes. Uh, Eric, uh, Chris, that used to do this show, he decided when I decided, oh, I'm gonna, I think I'm going to start collecting vinyl. Well, he decided he was going to start collecting tapes because, as you pointed out, several bands are going to cassettes and it's just another means to have something tangible and you know listen to it not just on your phone or whatever other digital format it's also odd because the the psychology has changed right if you think of from from a from a purchasing perspective and a merchandising perspective back in the 90s right the method of delivery of your music was on this compact disc right and 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 records had phased out right tapes had phased out (laughs) Now you had this this delivery mechanism, the CD. So everybody was like, well, that's how I listen to music. Then all of a sudden, iTunes comes out. Well, Napster, right? And then, yeah. and then iTunes. And now for the label, it's a commodity. It's there. They can just keep you know, generating revenue. But from a purchasing standpoint of a fan of bands, 
you're like, I don't have that thing that I can hold on to that I can do. And right. when bands started figuring out, let's just go back to vinyl. Like, and yeah, maybe it was the hipster cool bands, but I mean, it was a great decision because like from a psychology perspective, people needed that. They wanted that. We had the iTunes thing was cool and it was great. And you could listen to it at any time, but, but then that, that longing for that physical piece to, to hold, to, to do whatever with, to look at, to make you feel happy. And I don't know, it just amazes me because now when you look at the numbers, it's, it's uncanny. And yeah, the record labels are loving it now because they're making you know money with that. But, but the fans are loving it too, because they have that piece. So from a psychological perspective, I just, it's just such a weird shift in the way people think. Right. And with the CD, I don't work on my work as of yesterday. Uh, so now I don't even know what to do with CDs. My laptop doesn't even have a disc player. I, I guess I can right. listen to them in my car, but I can't even do anything. Now, if I get a CD, I can't even do anything with it. It's, I'm looking at it like, well, it won't play well, on my record player. I can, <laughs> I can sell you a 300-disc changer that I bought years ago to just yes. store my CDs. And now with me having to move, yeah, and now with me having to move, I'm like, I don't even want this. Right. Yeah. 300? 300. Yeah, that's amazing. 300-disc changer. It's crazy. I remember yeah, seeing stuff like that. I thought it was cool when I had a five disc. Like, oh, I can put five yeah, in there at one time. It, <laughs> I don't know. It was maybe like seven or eight years ago. And I was like, oh, sick. I'm going to put all my CDs in there and play in them. And then guess what happened? I didn't. <laughs> and, I was, and then and you carry this thing around. It's, you know, it's, yep. it's huge. It's heavy. And when you move it, because the, the way the trays are, like the, the, the CD is only sticking in there ever so slightly. So when you move it, it all shakes around. Right. So then all of them get out of order. It's a disaster. <laughs> <laughs> now it's sitting oh, in my storage no. facility. So if you want it, I'll send it out to you. you 300. Sure it get ready. <laughs> Dude, I, got a, I had a five-disc changer, you know, back in the day. And I was... Yeah, I mean, I remember. I remember when I bought my, my first 3D, um, I mean, three-disc changer. And it had a radio and a dual tape deck. And I spent all the money I made umpiring baseball games on it. It was one of the first ones to come out. It was like 280 bucks. And I had that. I think my dad still has it at the house. But yeah, it was a three-disc changer. Now I got a 300. What? Technology, man. <laughs> That's it, man. <laughs> <laughs> Three That's awesome. It's funny to talk about antiquated technology. Actually, one thing that we're looking at releasing sometime hopefully in the near future is I've been putting together a VHS because my whole thought process was, well, fuck everyone's buying, you know, cassettes and be, you know, vinyl. Why not release a VHS of music videos and other random shit and see if people will buy it because, yeah. you know, well, why not? Like I right? you know, experiment, see what happens. But I think it's an interesting thing because, yeah, it's the idea of if we have video at their fingertips, can we sell people the unique aspect of having to work to watch this video? Because <laughs> yeah. they put in some fucking work to watch yeah, the video. Yeah, going to have to go to, like, the thrift store. Like, who still has shit. a VHS player? We had to go to the uh, VHS player so I could actually burn this shit. We didn't have one at our house anymore. But, like, I'm like, I'm going to do it. I'm, I'm going to work. We're going to try it. Because it's interesting. I don't know. It's fascinating. Will people do that? Are people interested in to watch unique content having to go find a VHS player to play this? Yeah. Right. I have a VCR. I've got mine I still. Around. I still have I mine. mine. Actually, <laughs> our, our last video, 
was for a song called Funai Electric, and it's uh -huh. about the last DVD VCR combo. <laughs> <laughs> and we actually, and, and that's how we start to get this whole little storyline going of going back in time for Cultination. It all starts in Funai Electric, and we actually, you know, we have a, a video that we pop into a VCR, and it's like the, it's the intro shot. So I think you could probably still sell a few VHS tapes out there. I oh, hope yeah. so. I've actually we haven't. We've watched that music video, but I didn't know it was about that, Mike. I'm glad to know. We we haven't released the video for it yet, but we have finished filming uh, the video for "You're Being Watched." We'll see. And it will. I, I won't reveal too much about it, but one of the process of making it, I decided I wanted it to be on one of those old, like you know, those those five inch TVs, the black and white ones that you had the radio on it too. You guys those when you were yes. kids? Yep. Yeah. Yes. Yep. So it's what your mom would have in the kitchen. Right. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. So I was like, I want to film the whole thing on that. But in order to get to it, because it has a rabbit ear, or not a rabbit ear, but it has an antenna, and you can't just plug into it because you don't have a, a, a RCA cable. Right. So I had to figure out that I had to – Turn something onto a DVD and go through an RF uh, yeah. modulator and export that into, I went into a uh, set of rabbit ears and I had to get it really close to the antenna so that it would project onto the TV. So you basically broadcast your own video? I've broadcast my own video, which is like really, a pirate radio. I that's how I could do that shit. Like that's that's like I, magic to me. Like, <laughs> that's kind of magic to me, and I'm a guy who's worked in television for 20 yeah, years. Yeah. It's yeah, like that's. I think to be honest, intense. people people listening here, I think me and Mike were the ones who kind of put together the video promos for the release that we were doing. Yeah. So we were communicating back and forth. But that's what I did for, I, I need to send it to you, Mike. I think you'll appreciate what the oh. final product looked like. But it's, yes, it's please. wild because <laughs> all the work you had to do to go from modern technology to old, Earth. like this, this, you know, like right. antiquated technology is remarkable to get the correct effect. Because like, you know, we can, you can slap a filter in Premiere. Yeah, you can fudge it, yep. Look, close but it's not right it's that's it's sick too, it's too crisp so like i finished it and it was like there's something fascinating about making people watch this shitty quality on you know <laughs> hd <laughs> like shit i don't know like i i enjoyed it and we're gonna get it out soon it's gonna be wild when you see it i can't wait well, that sounds is, great this is a great i mean like this this just that's that's a great story to like get more into that video because right. that's some high level technical stuff <laughs> yeah. it's been so long trying to fucking google how to do it and it, i i had bought like so much technology that i'm never going to use again in my life what the do a yard sale you can get rid of all that mike can get rid of his 300 disc uh cd changer uh -huh. I, I think I've got some old shit laying around that I never got rid of. And uh, when you put your uh, videos out on VHS, I, I need to pull my VCR out. I've kept it. It's my original VCR that I was yeah, actually see? using from back in the 90s. I didn't get rid of it because <laughs> I still have several VHS tapes. But I think 
I'm a, a few TVs ago from the correct connection, so I would definitely have to look into, all right, what do I have to do to get this to work on the current TVs right. I have? <laughs> I'm not saying that Hans Gruber is bringing back the VHS, but <laughs> I'm looking forward to a new generation of bands uh, releasing things on VHS. Fair enough. <laughs> Oh, that's great. The whole questioning was going back to the merchandise, which I want to get to. But before I forget, I think Sergeant Skagg's next track can be, you know, you time travel back to the 90s for the CDs. Now you can time travel back further to, I don't know, VHS or, or beta or, or records or something else. It's part two. It's the, well, let's go back even further. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Wherever the product was most expensive, man, that's where we got to right? get people. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so I would also say this, if I, if I could time travel back, Sergeant Scagnetti would have, would have crushed life in the MySpace era. And that was the 10 years where we weren't doing shit. We would have owned it. We would have <laughs> been so popular with whatever, like whatever, whatever was happening then we would have exploited that to the hilt and, and absolutely done wonders with it. That's my sat, one of my biggest regrets in life. Well, if Hans Gruber might put out some some antiquated technology, you guys can jump into the MySpace because every once in a while I come across a band and they have a link to their MySpace. Nobody updates shit on MySpace anymore, and you can't play anything, but the pages still exist. Maybe you can create a page and 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 bring it back. We've got to bring it back. <laughs> it's still there. Seems like a good idea. I don't know if the same kind of algorithms are happening over there. You know, it might be beneficial. Right? I think it's very, very band friendly. I think everything you posted, people would see. Um, you didn't have to pay for the posts to get people to see yeah. it. Yeah. Right. I'll put Hans Gruber and the SLC Punk cast in my top eight. Yes. Just, yes. Just crush it, man. Yes. Do it. Uh, I'll get back on too. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. So I've mentioned a few times, you guys do have. New merchandise, and, and I think that's a cool thing to do with splits. Like some bands, you get some cool cover art, but you don't have something specific to it. You know, you, you have your own releases, and you'll come up with your own merchandise to go along with that release. But I think this joint release with the – I assume that that's got to be a cockroach, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and so you have almost your own specific mascot there. And I love that, on, at least on the Hans Gruber – Facebook page. It's called the John McLean Collection, which is fantastic. <laughs> but you have the, the little seven inches there and the colors. It's, you know, something else. I was talking about, you know, the various colors that, that the vinyl comes in now. And that's another thing just as a collector, as uh, eye catching, as just something that's appealing. You know, even the simple black is something tangible. But then when you start getting into the various colors, because you have a bright colored, great cover there. But then you pull it out and you have that bright light blue or the bright orange. And it's just awesome. You, you know, there's so many different colors and so many different things that can be done with vinyl. But they look great and it goes great. The, those two color options go great with the, the cover art as well. It's a very good choice. Thank you very much. That's, we, we call those colors uh, toothpaste and orange juice. Perfect. <laughs> Better description. I'm one of those people. It's blue and orange, but that didn't do it justice. So I'd be like, it's light blue and bright orange. <laughs> yeah. it is, you were correct in that is, it is blue and orange. But, uh, you know, marketing. Throw your marketing hat on. Toothpaste and orange juice. Right? I like it. I don't even know which one I would pick. Toothpaste. Sometimes, well, that's and that's when you point. just get them both, Right. Exactly. Exactly. We've, we've had some. We've had some lovely people that have ordered both from us, which is you know just 
goes back to my whole point of like, why in the world would you do that other than you, you love us and you're a good person? Right? <laughs> great, though. They really do. They both look great. And then the, the other merchandise, I'm not sure. Oh, the wrap blanket must be a sticker. First, I'm thinking, what kind of blanket's a wrap blanket? <laughs> it's, a, you know, it's, a, it's a patch, technically. Like a, okay. It's a wrap blanket, but it's like a, you know, we, we got a piece of fabric. We cut a part that fits perfectly over yeah. your wrap. Awesome. Um, and we want to screen our art onto it because I know that rats also want to have their own uh, customized, blanket. customized blanket sometimes. Fair enough. Well, the, the other merchandise, you have rat blankets, hamster cups, chest pants. That's my favorite right there is chest pants. And then ouchie circles along with the seven-inch magic discs. All fantastic. Beautiful. <laughs> and for anybody that can't see what I'm looking at, you have... Pins, shirts, shot glasses, patches, and then those beautiful looking seven inches. <laughs> and Sergeant's gag also has super brightly colored uh, chest pants of their own that are like the toothpaste orange juice. Awesome. Like, Kool-Aid. We, yeah, we made a little, we made a yeah, Kool-Aid man yeah. sort of guy. <laughs> that is awesome. It's loud. <laughs> it some loud it clothes. <laughs> It pays to have yeah. an artist in the band. Yes, now, I might, bet. Our, you know, he, he might hate us every once in a while, but as you see, he, <laughs> he puts out a great product and yeah. his art is amazing. So Richie is our bass player and he struggles and through the designs and the art and then uh, we drive him crazy. But The Cockroach is a, a reference to the Hans Gruber song, right? You're, you're being watched, I think. The idea there. And then uh, you'll notice he's got his standard issue uh, Heaven's Gate Colt sneakers on. Nice. To reference uh, the culture. That. That's, that's good. That's good. Just like our songs, Richie goes deep with the art connections too. It's a brilliant artist. Yeah, there's nothing there's sure. nothing in there that's random. Every, there's there's so much stuff that, that gets thrown in. He yeah. spends way too much time on that shit, but we love him for it. Yeah. It is perfect. Uh, the orange juice with toothpaste. Literal your your Kool-Aid man. It's literally an orange juice container with toothpaste. It's fantastic. <laughs> well, the funny story about that was that uh Steve wanted a more character he wanted something that's a richie's artwork is is very arty right like there, it, there's a lot to it it's almost like a metal shirt right like when you see metal shirts like made in like they're they're really in depth and steve was like i just want something simple and richie was like i don't do simple and we're like yeah we know we know but we want you to do something so one day steve and i were talking and i was like you just gotta make a guy like orange juice like container and toothpaste you know like brushing his teeth and then and then richie acquiesced to our demands uh because i don't think he wanted to see anybody else do it and he made a great I guy i threatened right? with, i threatened him with with outsourcing it and then he did it <laughs> <laughs> you guys all like it right you all love it like it's a great it's still yeah, it's still it's, yeah, great, yeah. Yeah. it's still richie and you know it we just moved him a little towards where we wanted to be and it's a great t-shirt like i can't wear wait wait to, to wear that you know yeah, it's a shirt that children can wear. Uh, the, the our last shirt we sold um, <laughs> was was a monkey who smashed his own head through an iPad and was holding a, a gun to his own head. <laughs> Didn't Not, a kid wear that to school? A kid, a, no. Yeah, a kid of, wore our our murder house t shirt. Oh, the murder house. Right, uh, but it says murder. A, a shirt that said murder house, and I think has a lawnmower with knives on it or something. Yeah, he yeah. wore that to school, and, yeah. ha- and got had to go home from school so so you know you see the whole concept here like we're trying to start a cult we can't come out and like be blatant with it so we got (laughs) we got the toothpaste orange juice man and he's very very you know 
this very soft approach to our cult. So that's how we get them in. Like we go with the, the yeah. lawnmower with knives. It just doesn't work. We don't get anybody yeah. to go back in time. Yeah, you need you need healthy breakfast, vitamin C, and healthy and brush your teeth. Hey, yeah. brush your teeth, you kids. Brush your teeth. <laughs> brush your teeth, kids. I said we're, nothing weird with the kids in the cult, man. Still got to brush your teeth twice brush a day. Teeth, kids, right? You can't be in a yeah. cult like with no teeth, bad teeth. Don't work. No, it's a healthy cult. Yeah, then people know they're in a cult. Like if you got bad teeth, people go, "What are they doing? We're taking care of the kids." Weird stuff. Taking care of the Everybody kids. Everybody hears cult, they think time. weird stuff. Yeah. There's nothing weird. No weird stuff. It's got such a bad rap, that word. I mean, why? <laughs> <laughs> was the, uh, the Heaven's Gate outage, is that you brush your teeth with Clorox? <laughs> <laughs> Only if they're really Whatever dirty. Keeps the teeth white. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta have that winning smile, man. That's a part of it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> smile while you're dying. <laughs> I with a smile. smile while I got that Kool-Aid. I was leaving while you're laughing. How about that? <laughs> That is awesome. Well, hopefully you guys get to play together again someday. We will. Oh, I guarantee be... that. We will. We're uh, we're yeah. gonna we're gonna come to Texas for sure when they let us. And uh, I'm confident Hans Gruber will be back on the East Coast as soon as soon as, soon as uh, our governor lets them. Right. <laughs> show is gonna be rambunctious. That show is gonna be insane. Last time we played with these guys, we, we played in New York and Boston, which are you know fine places. Um, but I'd, I'd like to play a show in Connecticut with Hans because I think uh, that's that's where oh, we yeah. that's where most of our folks are, and you know I want to I want to pack a house with those guys and give them a good crowd with which to do their thing. That'd be great. Yeah, totally. And I and I won't be jealous. I'll be I'll be proud. <laughs> Before we wrap up, is there something? Are, are either bands? Are you working on something else? I know that the split's brand new, but a lot of people had some downtime over the last year. And, uh, you, you know, you guys had a track, Hans Gruber had two tracks. So either band, are you actively working on some other releases for maybe later this year or somewhere else into the future? Well, Hans Gruber, so the two tracks we recorded were actually two of 20 songs we recorded last year. Wow. So we're hoping to get the mixes back sometime pretty soon and we'd love to get that out this year we go all over the place it's really funny we released a very ska heavy split with sergeant skag and we're all over the place band wise and this release reflects it we am uh i know we have at least one gospel song recorded on there we had some calypso we had some thrash we had a some Ramones core. I think we opened up with an overture. An, an, a nice by overture Hans. by Hans. That was best, just uh, best, it was basically a movie score. And so we're excited to release it because I think not everyone quite realizes that Hans Gruber and the Diehards don't give a fuck. <laughs> and we'll, we'll release a song of any genre as long as we can make it sound good. That's awesome. Cool. On the uh, yeah. yeah, on the Sergeant Skag side, we're um, we've been uh, hindered, like like most people, from uh, really being in the same room with each other very much until very recently. We are going into the studio in May for sure to record a cover song for uh, the Specialized Project. They're doing a uh, compilation of protest songs, so we're we're putting a track on that. And then after that, we hunker down to business to uh, record a full length. 
about uh, 60% of it written and 40% of it to go. So that's going to be a while, realistically. I would, I would hope maybe early 2022 we can, we can get that going to people. We'll be pretty quiet until then because we're really trying to uh, put out a full-length record. That's our goal. Awesome. Wow. Yeah, but we're just, we're, we're just working for the weekends, man, so it's hard, you know? Yep. And if we start putting out, like, I mean, if we start doing stuff, it's like all of a sudden Steve's marketing all the time. I'm doing videos all the time. And then Richie's doing artwork all the time. And that takes three of us away from, from actually focusing on, on some writing, which tends to be, you know, which tends Tedious. to be our issue. Um, <laughs> but we, we've had, we do have a, a new guitar player in the band who does do a lot of writing and he will come up with ideas after ideas after ideas. And he's never like, that's how it's got to be. He just kind of puts them together. And we actually took one of them and basically wrote a song in it. And, and right now it's, it's like a step away from killing. I think we can finally focus in on, on doing less of the other stuff and doing actual writing because uh, we pretty much pounded the table on the three songs we have. I think we got one more project. We got one more project for Cultination coming out, but you know, like we pretty much got a beer, a seven inch, and we're going to have a video coming up. So that, that yeah, that, that, that lemon... That lemon rind needs to be shaved off the back and put into a, a little cup of espresso. I think that's the last thing we can use right there. <laughs> Speaking of Italians, right? I mean, <laughs> right. And it is pronounced correctly. I'll say that. <laughs> I want to thank everybody for joining. It's been awesome. And we look forward to the, the new music and uh, playing your bands again and hopefully getting out to see your bands, uh, obviously Utah, Texas, Connecticut, not maybe on the same tour path, especially as, you know, most bands, including your bands, got something going on during the week, you know, and when you have time, this is when you fit in what you enjoy. So hopefully we can make it out there. I mean, Austin, that's that's the new Music City USA, so there's always going to be some great shows going on there once I'm sure bands get to tour and even without bands touring. Uh, I'm sure there's still uh, shows that will be coming about. So I want to thank everybody again. You got, phenomenal, and love to have you all back, too, because it's just a great time. Hey, good time. Yeah. You have to write some music, and then we'll get a reason to come back. Absolutely, <laughs> right? <laughs> For sure. New music's always a reason to travel. Right. That, too. Absolutely. Thanks, everybody, and we're going to jump into our, our next track. It'll be Cultination. Hello, hello, this is Steve from Sergeant Skag, and if you're listening to this, you've already joined our cult. Congratulations. This is our brand new single, Cultination, and this is the SLC Punkcast. <laughs>
great interview, great track, that being the Sergeant Skag track. But I think you knew that because uh, Steve introduced it right after the interview. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the man just loves to uh, introduce himself. <laughs> right? It's great stuff. It was a great interview. Uh, we had Eric and I and five other people, if you couldn't tell. So there were seven of us. Fun conversation. Talked a lot about the split and the bands, the band names, because just as I said at the beginning, it's really easy to find uh, bands that are that stick out, even if there is another Sergeant Scagnetti band or was anyway in Atlanta. Never heard of them. Not that they're not great. Not that we wouldn't end up playing them on the show one day if they're the type of music that we enjoy. But nonetheless, never come across. Really easy to find their stuff. So go out yeah. and check those both those bands out on their Bandcamp pages, on their social medias and such. Really easy to find. And like I said in the interview, those 7-inch vinyls, really cool, vibrant colors. The shirts go like perfectly. The shirts that they did for each band go perfectly with the, the color vinyls. They did just such a great job overall, and we had a blast talking with them. Oh, yeah. There's some really... Yeah, there were some really fun guys. We even... Uh, uh, even the Hans Gruber diehards, they uh, uh, they kind of kept us on and uh, chatted it up with us for another uh, like 15, 20 minutes. Yeah, Kurt and Rosie, Just, we, we chatted with them after we were all done with the interview, which was awesome. It was a fun conversation there, too. Yeah, so just really, really easy people to get along with. And, uh, and yeah, I want to say something about that uh, Cult Nation song. Uh, upon listening to it, it was, uh, it just sounded like, uh, Another realm of that argument's like, oh, I wish we could go back to the old days, you know? And I hear that a lot in a bunch of, uh, you know, older punk rockers saying how good the scene used to be back in the day or, or really just uh, how different it was. So I'm starting to see like all these people who are obsessed with the uh, cult leaders and their history and they're thinking, oh man, why don't we have another cult? <laughs> you know, it's so dry now. You know what? Fuck it, I'm gonna start my own cult. Right. <laughs> just out of just out of boredom, pretty much. <laughs> yes. Great stuff. Great band. Great <clears throat> bands. Uh love both names. And I really like that seven inch. Uh we didn't play one of those Hans Gruber tracks. So go out and check it out yourself. Go listen to the other one. You'll want to get it. And once you see, you know, if we didn't describe and do justice to how visually appealing the vinyls are, you're probably gonna want to get yourself. One, along with uh, both bands, Offerman packages, too. A lot of other cool merch that goes along with it. So support the bands. And uh, if you're in the Northeast, you'll definitely see Sergeant Skag playing again once that is able to happen. And uh, I think anywhere in the country, as soon as tours can start really being, you know, happening, not just, you know, some local shows here and there throughout, but when tours start yeah. happening, you're going to see Hans Gruber and the Diehards come through your neck of the woods, and I can't wait till they come through ours. Exactly. Hopefully, still counting on uh, later this year that the borders of the states start opening up and uh, touring acts start coming through again. Yep. That is uh, that is nothing but hope at this point. But the way things are uh, shaping up right now, yeah, it's uh, it seems plausible. It seems plausible. Hopefully, we don't get another anvil chandelier drop it on our heads. Right. No kidding. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's wrap up oh, the yeah. show, Eric. What do we got this time? Uh, Eric went with something not metal. What'd you do, Eric? Yeah, for, 
first time going not metal on this show for my metal pick, unless you uh, count any any uh, Chelsea Wolf or uh, Ministry Sogs as uh, not metal as well. But this is what <laughs> I intentionally went that direction. I went with Nirvana. Yeah, they are not a metal band at all. <laughs> they are a <laughs> no. Yeah, they've been as the uh, stalwarts of the grunge movement to the. Uh, the guys that really put Seattle on the map as far as that as far as that hard garage rock punk infused music was uh was coming up around that time and and yeah Nirvana has also been closely related to you know, as a punk rock band just as a different form just right. in their presentation and the and their behavior the way that they were just all uppity on stage and through their popularity, which was, at the time, wasn't really welcomed with uh, Kurt Cobain. He just, uh, he hated the fame. He hated the fact that he got to, that he turned on the TV and he saw himself playing the music. He's like, no, I don't, I don't like this. <laughs> but he, yeah, he just did it for the uh, music. But, and yeah, and even so, you know, as big as Nirvana is to the point where it's like they're almost a, uh, they're their own label, much in the same way as the Misfits or or the Ramones, where they're more famous for their logo and you know, as opposed to their music or their history or whatever. But Nirvana does have a very interesting history, and they got interesting music, uh, so much so that their style was was so unique to themselves that anytime they did a cover song, you often forget that it was by somebody else, and. And yeah, they covered quite a few. One was uh, one of their most famous was the Meat Puppets Lake of Fire. And they had also covered they had also covered a Lead Belly song, which is an old blues artist, just uh, sung in an acoustic format. They even covered uh, they even covered David Bowie's Man Who Sold the World. Right. Good track. Yeah. Good, both good tracks. Uh, the David Bowie version, great. Uh, I'm a big fan of David Bowie, but I think they did a, a really great uh, cover of that. I think it came out on what their MTV Unplugged back when that was a thing. Oh yes, yeah, the MTV Live Unplugged. That was one of the uh, that was one of the ballsiest unplugged ones. As in, you know, MTV is expected them to play the hits. They want heart shaped box. They want smells like Teen Spirit. They want you know stuff like that. But they decided, no, we're not going to do that. We're going to give more attention to our uh, lesser known songs, which included Polly, On a Plane, Come As You Are, and then just an infiltration of uh, all these little cover songs. Um, but yeah, before I get too far off track, the, my favorite cover song that they did, which is off their album Bleach, was the song Love Buzz. And yeah, that is by an artist uh, way back in the 60s, psych rock age, called Shocking Blue. And I have never heard of that band. I didn't even know that that song existed. And I heard it and I'm like, oh yeah, this uh, sounds similar. But Nirvana disguised it under their veil of, of sludgy garage rock. And you know, with a bit of a punk aesthetic to it that you can't even tell that, it's, uh, that it was written by a band at the time 30 years ago. <laughs> Well, yeah. I had no idea either until you just told me now. I assumed it was an original. I'm not not familiar with the other band or that original right. track. I uh, know. It's been covered by a few other artists as well, but Nirvana is the one that introduced me to this song, and for good reason. It's catchy as hell. It's got a riveting bass line, and it's got 
you know, it's just got a wonderful style to it. It is, it just screams early nineties, even though it was released in 89, but that's when the nineties was really happening. <laughs> right. Yeah. Pre nineties Nirvana and bleach is a wonderful album. I mean, yeah, pretty much all the releases are wonderful. All three of them, but bleach often gets uh, covered in the, in the realm of in utero and never mind, and it's like that's where all the hits are. Yes, that is where all the hits are. That was when all their radio hits came out, and that's when their popularity was peaking. But that started with Bleach, man. <laughs> so listen to that quite. So listen to that a little bit more. Right. And certain with this uh, song that is not an original, but still a good one. This is Love Buzz.
what I know now, I can see that being a song that came from the 60s. Obviously, yeah. <laughs> updated in the sound with the band like Nirvana, but uh, just the way the song composed comes across, uh, listening to the lyrics, yep, that does sound like a song from the 60s, but I wouldn't have known had you not told me. Yeah, pretty much. Sometimes it's just uh, you got to do a little digging on the band, hence why I said why I said the Nirvana logo is worn by people who don't really know their history. Right. <laughs> or don't even know the members. You know, I've seen it around in a few memes where it's like someone posts a picture of uh, Kurt Cobain, then some girl comments wearing a Nirvana shirt. Who is that? That's Kurt Cobain. Oh, I never heard of him. You're wearing the band shirts. <laughs> <laughs> he is, his name is synonymous with that band. Right. Or how people are like posting pictures of Dave Grohl that's like, Hey, you ever notice how the singer of Foo Fighters looks like the drummer of Nirvana? <laughs> Insert hand slap to the face. Right. <laughs> uh, but yes, Nirvana is still a wonderful band. And my first non-metal pick on this show, first of many, because, oh, buddy, you opened up the floodgates. <laughs> I got a... Right now, I got a list of songs that I want to play in this part right here. Some of them are metal, but others go to gangster rap territory. Others go to uh, other red, other renditions of rock and roll. The one next week is just a straight up seventies rock song, but we'll get to that next week. So, right, yeah, this is a this is some fun stuff to really uh, really delve into what I love in all of music, not just punk and metal. I'm more than just that, bud. <laughs> I know, we all are, and that's why we, we reserve a little bit of the show to do something that's a little different, and I think that it's good. I liked, because metal, so many of the choices, like you mentioned, uh, Ministry, Chelsea Wolf, and so forth, people probably like, hey, that's not that metal, and I'm sure there was handfuls of my picks, a lot of them, even though after listening to them all around the show, I'm like, eh, you know, maybe it's metal core, which is still kind of hardcore, which in my opinion, hardcore is under that punk umbrella. It's one of the trees that branch off of the great punk music tree. But indeed, uh, here, I, I think it's just good. We can kind of branch out. There's so many tracks. I've got some, you, you know, some metal that I still want to play, but some, you, you know, like 90s, what would be considered 90s pop or some rock that's just not uh, metal. You just can't say it's metal. And, uh, I'm looking forward to that as well. And on this episode, uh, and the record label Curtain Call Records shares with me a ton of music, but it's mostly kind of like hard rock and metal and, and and stuff like that. But anytime I come across something that I like, I do want to play it here. I appreciate Curtain Call Records sharing their music and this particular band. And I have several more that's going to come up in probably the next month or so. I'm going to kind of try to pepper them in. But here on this episode, the band Hollywood Nightmare uh, they put out a new single called Fade Out. They put it out on February 12th, 2021. So again, I want to thank Curtain Call Records. And if you couldn't tell Hollywood Nightmare, guess what? They're from Hollywood in Los Angeles in California. So that's where they're from. We're going to check out that track, which is called Fade Out. And this is kind of, it was called Metalcore slash New Metal. I liked it. It was kind of a variety of things where you're like, oh yeah, that's this. And then they kind of switch into something else and then to something else. You'll hear it here in just a second. So here's the band Hollywood Nightmare with the track Fade Out. Oh, where we go, 
That was a Hollywood nightmare. The track fade out. I want to thank Curtain Call Records again for sharing that with us. Eric, what'd you think? Uh, not my particular cup of tea, you know, but that's usually because anything in the new metal realm, I am very particular with what I listen to. But, but yeah, I can't, uh, I can't fault them for uh, trying for trying out a lot of uh, new things on there. I sense the talent behind it, and I sense the passion behind it. So. So yeah, it is kind of fun to hear that old '90s nostalgia. But yeah, I don't think it's going to be at the top of my list for uh, uh, songs to come back to. Fair enough. Uh, I, I'm with you. I am more. You know, there's a period of time where that's a lot of what I was listening to. Stuff that kind of fell in that hard rock, not quite metal, but also new metal. But that was in probably the late '90s, early 2000s. I was listening to a lot of that. And, yeah. you know, this is just a newer version or a newer take because it's obviously it's a newer band uh, on that style of music. But I want to thank Curtain Call Records again and be on the lookout. Be playing more stuff that Curtain Call Records will be releasing. That's going to wrap up the show. You can find all these bands on social medias and so forth. Uh, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube Music, Amazon Music, Player FM, and SLCPunkCast.com. And if I didn't, didn't say before... Uh, we didn't get picked uh, it, by the cool kids crowd for Pandora. So uh, as of right now, we will not end up on Pandora. I know that uh, that question's been asked. We tried. They said no because they limited and we weren't cool enough for them. Or they, they won't give a reason. So I'm just going to assume that we weren't cool enough for them. <laughs> right. All right. But you can find all the bands on Instagram at gumbleed underscore official at the underscore foot uppers. The at the underscore foot uppers at executors underscore at tartar underscore control at Hans Gruber and the diehards at Sergeant Skag at Hollywood Nightmare Official and the show is at SLC Punkcast. Eric, where can we find you? I am on Instagram at scary uncle underscore Eric underscore SLC. My band is also on Instagram at anonymous underscore band official. Also on Facebook at anonymous band SLC. And our band camp is at anonymous SLC.bandcamp.com. And also I want to point out that a band called executors has an Instagram and a Facebook handle, but no extinguish. I mean, executor is literally someone who, you know, <laughs> does certain things execute now. Right. Kind of, uh, kind of puts you in a, uh, in like, uh, you know, the war room in uh, Dr. Strangelove. Mm. The guys are, uh, <laughs> you know, or just gives you that guy who is just ready to push the button to activate all nukes. Yeah. Right. I don't know. They just pick and choose what can and can't be said on social media totalitars anyway right that's a that's neither here nor there but you know where to find the bands just if you forgot go back and listen <laughs> <laughs> absolutely uh on facebook you can go find at gumbleed at executors 77 at tartar control is your friend at hans gruber and the diehards at sergeant skag at hollywood nightmare and the shows at slc punkcast Thank you, everybody, for joining us for episode 204. Thank you to everybody in the bands, Hans Gruber and the Diehards, and at Sergeant, or not at, but in Sergeant Skag. Eric, any final thoughts before we wrap it up? 
Well, for one thing, you can also, I forgot to mention that you can find me on a, another podcast that I've been doing with, uh, with our alleged rivals. <laughs> what is that? Does that make you a traitor or a, 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 some other form? You know, there's plenty of names that that goes by. But does that make you that since we have a rivalry of sorts or a, whatever it is that we're going to call it and you're also there, what is that? You, you, are you playing both sides? Are you, are, what's going on? Not necessarily because <laughs> I would be a traitor had I just jumped on the, the Assault City because that is who we are having a, a dilemma with, the Assault City uh, podcast, which is a musical as well. But the one that I'm on is just called Rhett Podcast, and I just barely joined. Well, I mean, I've joined a few month, a few weeks ago, but it's made public now, so I can announce it. And really, what it is, is just us going through wacky news stories and just commenting on them. It's uh, <laughs> me and Shawnee. And uh, a man named uh, Nate Perkins, and and our lovely, my lovely husband, Dez. Okay. So I am on a completely different podcast, but I am not on the Assault City. Okay, <laughs> the fair Assault enough. City Circle Pit. <laughs> fair enough. So, so yes, you can uh, you can find me there just to listen to us uh, ramble ramble about our opinions on certain weird, and I mean weird, news articles that we find. <laughs> and we also have a little, uh, we, we cap it off with uh, an in-house game that we play. It can really be any game. It's just kind of like, uh, for example, sell me on your on a game show that you would love to see happen. Awesome. Stuff like that. <laughs> so, yeah, it's very, it's very like a lot of, it's very kind of like that scene in that 70s show where they're all sitting around in a circle just talking about whatever. <laughs> That that's kind awesome. of what it is. Well, so yeah, check yeah. Eric out there too. And until two oh five, which there's going to be another interview. We have interviews for the next couple weeks, so keep tuning in, keep learning more about great bands, and keep listening to all the great music that we enjoy playing, sharing, and commenting on. So until the next one, play the fucking outro. Yeah.